The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin joins us. Wagon Investment on Aquarian, Iowa. An opportunity today to talk markets. Of course, we are at the State Fair and, and a lot of producers, Sue, have been talking and looking at these market trends and seeing some lower numbers. But they felt that a little bit of saving grace may have been that NAFTA talk from Mexico, at least helping out the grains a little bit today to not be as bad as they could have been. Well, I think so. Um, the wheat market maybe is a little bit on the, the anemic side. Um, but in the meantime, uh, talk for corn, um, you know, an agreement with Mexico. They're one of our larger importers of, of corn. And, um, and then, of course, pork. And, you know, the hog market was limited up today on the first two contracts, Hock and Dees. And, of course, uh, I heard that in the cash market, a major packer paid 23 cents a pound for hogs today. That's, that's horribly sad. But in the meantime, um, I look at the corn market and um, corn, you know, down one and three quarters to a penny. Um, to me, that's, that's basically it could have been worse maybe if it hadn't been for these talks about NAFTA or the agreement between the U.S. and Mexico. And it's not going to be called that anymore. It's going to be called the U.S.-Mexico Trade Agreement. And we haven't heard a lot of particulars about it yet, other than President Trump says it's going to be a really good thing for uh, farmers and uh, for the U.S. farmer and also for industry. But in the meantime, it's, it's kind of interesting because, you know, he does really tend to say, you know, this is going to be a really big deal or whatever you want to call it, optimism. But it's done. And now um, Canada can decide, do they want to come in and take the same agreement uh, as is with Mexico or do they want to work their own? And, of course, uh, time will tell how they want to bend. So we'll see. Uh, But that should be very close as well. And uh, so you look at corn, and I think corn, you know, we've come down to that 360 level, 358. We should try in there and maybe even make it to 354. To me, that's the critical area where we really, really need to see it hold. As we go into September 1st, there's a lot of corn that, with the heat this week, that might start to really bring it on a little quicker. And it's coming fast anyway. Um, the crop is ahead of schedule, maybe 10 to 14 days. And um, southern Illinois is going to be harvesting corn this week. And I think that we need to hear the yields. The combines, I think, in corn really do need to roll. The germination this year was phenomenal. And I don't know how that compensates back for, say, shallow kernels, that type of thing. But in the end of the day, there's, there's you know, we went up to northwest Iowa. So we drove about 200 miles, uh, maybe 240 miles, and, um, you know, round trip, and took different routes up and back. And I've got to say, there's lots of bean fields starting to turn. They're getting that first blush of color. Uh, change in their fields and it was field after field after field now that's a later planted area so maybe it's an earlier bean but in the meantime uh, the cornfields just didn't look real great if you've seen one or two maybe 
but consistently poor field after poor field. So uh, it's going to be interesting to hear when these combines roll if uh, Pro Farmer and USDA are actually on target. Um, but it's the germination that would lead them to believe that the yields are going to be better because of the fact there's more ears per, you know, test plot area that they test. And the beans, I would have to say, beans, boy, if they don't have a good year this year, they never will. I mean, my gosh. And we all anticipate that the September USDA report, NAS, will increase the yield to possibly a new record. And if that be the case, then, and I think that trade is looking at that going forward. So they're looking at that report, and that's kind of tilting the market a little heavily. If we rally here over the next week in beans, it's going to be an interesting thing to watch because um, I think the market's anticipating. And we came down to 838 today, and 840 was our first support on November beans through the month of August, realizing that 826 came back in July. We've heard a lot of talk, Sue, and maybe you can kind of add to this that a lot of the soybeans that, that people are seeing have a lot of vegetation on it because the growing was just perfect for them before they got to that pod stage. So we've got some taller beans, maybe not as heavy on the pods as some had thought. And that very well could be. Um, that would not surprise me. Um, I will say on the beans, um, there's also in some areas like northeast Iowa, southern Minnesota, there's some disease out there this year. Um, but all in all, boy, that it's going to be interesting to hear the bean yields this year. I'm real interested. I see a lot of short bean fields, too, in when my drive going up to the lakes this last weekend. it was the, There's a lot of short bean fields. Then there's other areas that they say, boy, these beans are really tall, so we'll see what happens. Haven't heard a lot... Um discussed about Russia and their offerings to China with beans at this point and, and the growing areas. Is it something the market just really hasn't latched onto as of yet since it's in early talks? Well, I think that when we look at um, the um, uh, concern over uh, our trade agreement with China, I think that trade agreement is going to take a little time. It never was thought that it would uh, come about. Basically, the last trade delegation that was here, they were only here to lay the groundwork for when Xi Jinping and President Trump meet at the uh, G20 uh, summit in late November. So it was never thought we were going to get anything done anyway between now and then. Stick around, folks. We have more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up here in just a moment. Coming from the Nebraska State Fair, Sue Martin joining us right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. Sue Martin's joining us with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. You and I were talking during the break about, about wheat and looking at states like Kansas, for example, which has seen a large amount of rain in the month of August, something they're not really used to. Does that set the stage possibly for more winter wheat come fall? I think it's going to be very beneficial for the, for the new plantings. And I think that uh, when we get the plantings going, um, we could pick up, I, I want to say, 3 to maybe 6% more acres this year uh, in wheat acres. Some think as much as 10%. I don't know about that one. That would be pretty ambitious. Although, the last two years, we were de- uh, basically 
looking at the lowest acres, you know, since, gosh, the early 1900s. So um, I think it's going to be very good. And, of course, with the moisture they've got, it's going to really set the stage for a good germination. Well, we've heard so much that there, there's, we talked for so long that there was so much wheat out on the market, and now there's the concern that there isn't going to be enough. Do you think that might entice a few guys to maybe pull away from the, the other acres and, and look at wheat as that option? I think so, because the prices this year on uh, wheat was so much better. And I think that, um, you know, a little more profitable for farmers. And, of course, wheat also had good basis levels, too. So I think that uh, that's going to be enticing to get farmers to go ahead and willingly plant more wheat. And this will be, you know, the third season uh, where we had been in decline the last two years. So this will be uh, a nice change for farmers. Switch over to the other side of the trade as we look at the, the livestock market in this cattle. You kind of talked a little bit about it uh, during the first half of the final bell, but limit up on the hogs. Obviously a quick knee-jerk reaction to, to the talk of Mexico and the U.S. having an agreement in place. It is. The hog market liked that news and of course they uh, managed to uh, move limit up on the AUK and D's contracts. 250 higher on the February hogs. So that was good. Um, I will say the cattle market also, after opening lower off of the cattle on feed report, just came zinging out of there in a New York second. We had a huge outside day on the cattle. And I'm not surprised. You know, if you looked at that, uh, uh, even not just this cattle on feed report that we had here last Friday, but even in other years, um, if you look at the 800-pound-plus uh, uh, cattle being placed, we're running less than a year ago. It's the calves, the six to 700-pounders, that are being placed. And it seems like this report after report, that means we're not going to be, we're going to be snug on fats going down the road here. Um, so I think we just get snugger, and I think our, our uh, what do I want to call it, wall of cattle is over. Um, I will say the product was higher at noon, and I would have to say, you know, we have August fats going off the board here on uh, Friday, and I, or Thursday, I should say, and I think that uh, when they go off the board, um, I think they'll go off around the 110 area, and I think October's will then slip backwards to that level and then make a turn and start heading higher from there. The... Um, uh, Packers profitability. Actually, it's uh, over the weekend I was reading some reports and Packers are making $350 a head on cattle. You know, they're not going to walk away from cattle and they're not going to try to beat it up. They're going to go after it like no other and keep processing every head they can as fast as they can to keep the product moving, especially when the product's rallying. You know, what about these, um, and I've t talked about it with a couple other commodity folks as well, the, the cattle in Oklahoma, Missouri, even some areas of Kansas, which had been dry, um, guys that are having to do some liquidation of herds. Is that going to put any pressure at all in these markets? Well, I think that, um, you know, we've been seen the hot and dry, and they've had to move cattle into the lots. But those cattle probably won't be here for seven months at a minimum. So I think we're going to see the market uh, push here, uh, push us higher. And so I, I guess I would have to say we're going to have a spell here where we're going to have good prices. And I think we'll see cattle hold strong right into early October, maybe. And then you get a little dip, 
and then we push stronger from there. With the upcoming holiday, are we going to see a push to maybe see the, the cash cattle take place tomorrow or maybe even Thursday at the latest so they can move into a extended holiday weekend? I think so. And I also think that um, once we get uh, the month of August off the board, because August fats are going to go off, you know, cheaper than the Octobers, and I think when that happens, you're going to see the October dip down for a day or two, and then they'll turn and start to gain strength from there. Well, we've been in such a crazy, volatile market, both on the grain and the livestock side. Anything that you see as key that we need to, to keep an eye on into the coming week with the holiday on Monday? Well, you know, I kind of tend to think we're going to close higher for the month on both feeders and fats. And so that then says that October fats probably try to close 109.35 area, technically. What is the best way for folks to reach you, Sue? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051. And you all have a great day. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.